Post spin. Oh, got anything nice? Look at this, uh, small oh, cardboard package. Uh, any oh. recognize? Oh, oh, could it? Could it be? I think it might just be. Oh, you know? open it up. Let's find get, out. Get one side. Okay, okay, okay. Yep, there it is. A small plastic, possibly three D printed chit. Silver. Uh, I'm, I'm, pa- painted silver. Pa- painted mostly. silvery. Yeah, uh, there's definitely a little less glitz and glam than the uh, the online videos get. It's but, not um, exactly like the the, the was a hundred thousand YouTube. This is a uh, no two hundred episodes of Quips to to celebrate two hundred episodes of Quips and Strangers. Here is a small plastic three D printed chip from the podcasting guild. I I mean that is more than uh that is that is more than most podcasts started by two men who thought they had a really good idea while drunk manage you know they get to yeah. like seven or eight before they give up so we do all right i think i mean maybe maybe it is just the power of trans women exactly trans women involved your podcast will actually you know not just give up indeed well i think this calls for a celebration don't you yes i do well then time for this Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's our 200th episode. Yes, to your very good health. Yeah. Oh, we got yes. the, the, the finest cheap Sainsbury's Prosecco money can buy. The finest £7 Prosecco I could find. <laughs> I mean, that is that is very 200 episodes of a podcast celebratory Prosecco, I think. It helps. I, I don't like champagne. Also. Well, there's that too. You know, having having cheap taste is not a bad thing. Oh yeah, oh yes, it's it's oh. saved me a fortune. This is yeah, we've done two hundred episodes of this. We've done two hundred. Well, technically, we've done two hundred and a half. Well, yes, but like you know, we've, and the video one. We've 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 on paper we're, we're on episode two hundred. Yeah, we we're on did episode two hundred. Ah, oh, that's that's like four years near enough. <laughs> we've been doing this now, yeah. give or take. I mean, we've probably taken off for time for holidays, and I yeah. think there's been a couple of sick times. There has, but then that's sort of counterbalanced by the fact that I'm doing like fifty uh, fifty two weeks in it. Yeah, so it would yeah. little little ways to go, but like. Four-ish years. I reckon it probably works out that we've been doing it about four years, based on... I think it's like end of February, I think, is when okay. would be four years. So we're somewhere in that range. Um, I know, right? We've, we've we've been some things, we've done some stuff. We That we sure have. Um, I'm really happy this has been a thing we've done. Yeah. It's been really nice to have an ongoing thing to do together. Oh. And this is this has spanned like since before we were living together. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's it's a nice little silly thing we do. Yeah, I've got better at editing audio. Yeah, again, the, you know, <laughs> the journey of any podcast work working itself out as it goes. The equipment got better. My editing got better. It's not just about having it as loud as possible. <laughs> Also, compression is a thing. Indeed it is. Yeah. Well, shall we, over our seven oh, quid uh, Prosecco, woof. talk about some, some games we played? Yeah. Uh, well, what have you played? I uh, played a bunch more Pokemon Legends Arceus. Pokemon Legends Arceus. Pokemon. Yeah, so last week when we uh, we put the episode up, Embargo had just gone up on the game and I'd put, I think, 65 hours into a first playthrough over like a week. And mm. that was... 
very much like trying to power through, see the end, do a bunch of side quests, get far enough in the game that I had like a good breadth of understanding of what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you play a game like that for review, there's always a certain degree of I can't play this exactly how I would like to because work stuff. Yeah. And I think particularly for something like this that... 100% is so my jam in terms of like slowly being methodical and completionist about things. Mm-hmm. And so when the game came out, I, I did a couple of like streams of, you know, just like, here is the start of the game in isolation. I still wasn't playing it my way. I started a new playthrough and I'm already like nearly 30 hours deep. Mm-hmm. And with that 30 hours, I have not gone to the first bit of story in the second area yet. Um, yep. I have been perfectionist completing my Pokedex. I got my survey rank high enough in the very first era of the game that every level of creature in the game would obey me without well, question. I think at like, last count you were at 65. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've done... I did the first seven ranks out of ten of the survey core on the very first area of the game, which means that Pokemon of my own and traded up to level 100 will obey me properly. Um, So, yeah. It goes without saying, I really like this game. I finished a 65-hour playthrough in a week and then went, you know what, I'm going to play it again, but more obsessively. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm having a great time doing so. It's been really nice. Um, I don't know how much I like... I don't think I talked about this a huge amount last week, but like, very specifically, the Pokedex research task um, formula this this Pokemon game has mm-hmm. is 100% geared to my obsessive gameplay loop style. Yeah. Because um, I think the thing that really works for me is not only do you have lots and lots of repetitive, the same thing over and over sort of calming tasks to be doing... Mm-hmm. But you can be working on multiple tasks at once um, in a way that's really satisfying. So you can be like, a good example, maybe Pikachu to fill in its Pokedex needs, use Thunderbolt a certain number of times, use Agile moves a certain number of times, and maybe there's Psyduck which needs to be uh, defeated with electric attacks a certain number of times. Mm -hmm. And you go looking for those kind of pairings and go, okay, if I do Thunderbolt in Agile form, with Pikachu against Psyduck, that's three different Pokedex tasks I'm working on at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and finding those nice little bits of synergy so you can be working on, like, a few things at once is really satisfying. Yeah. Um, as is the way this game handles its shiny Pokemon, which, like, I had guesses last week about how that worked, and now I understand, like, I've, the data mines have happened and we understand the numbers. Basically... You get to research level 10 with a Pokemon, you double your shiny odds, 100% an entry, you double them again, but most of the shiny hunting doesn't require that at all. Most, like, the biggest bump by far, a 25 times increase from the base odds, entirely comes from just going to these mass outbreaks where a po- the little picture of a Pokemon on the map and you go, oh, I'd, li- I'd like to go fight a bunch of those and fill my decks in and it'd be cool if I got a shiny. You show up. Chances are surprisingly okay that you'll get a shiny. Heck yeah. And I like that reducing of the barrier of entry. It's what one to one hundred and fifty in that. Uh, yeah. So it's 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 about one in one hundred and fifty if you just rock up to one of these. Yeah. If you do the full Pokedex entry for that Pokemon, you bring it down to like one in one hundred and twenty-eight odds per spawn, which is like 
it's a bit of a difference, but mm. it's not so much a difference when we're talking about like one in four thousand at the top end that it's yeah. like for me, I can be a perfectionist and get the best odds possible and like really work on that, but mm. for the average person, yeah, they're gonna have about the same experience by just showing up and that reduces that barrier of entry in a way that like a lot of shiny hunting people have been like real gatekeepy about, mm-hmm. but it yeah, makes I've me seen a few happy. people being like, I don't want it to be like this. Well, I want other people yeah. to experience the joy I do. Exactly. Like, I've, like... I've, there's, I don't know if it was comments on previous accessibilities, but or or just possibly around your Twitter. I saw yeah. someone the other day saying, in all the years they've been playing Pokemon and they've been playing from like, yeah. uh, I think they said um, gold and silver. They yes. had never encountered a uh, shiny Pokemon. Yeah. And, like, here's the thing, you know, it's important that they be, you know, that they be rare, that's kind of the excitement of them, you don't see them every second, but also, like, there's a difference between one in 4,000 you've played for a decade and never seen them, versus, like, here, yeah, you might not find the one you want, but you will probably, at some point, find one. Yeah. And that's cool, because, like, the experience I had with Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu and Eevee that really got me into shiny hunting was... Stumbling upon a shiny overworld Pokemon of a species I didn't give a shit about. Mm. And that being my first shiny Pokemon. And I've seen a bunch of people having that experience with Legends Arceus, where they'll stumble upon a Pokemon and get really excited because they're like, my first shiny. And it's not a Pokemon they care about, but they care about it now because it's their first (laughs) shiny one. And I've seen people like bonding with Pokemon that they usually wouldn't have given a crap about. And I'm like, that's the thing I love about seeing people get their first shiny and it's so nice seeing that happen a bunch mm-hmm. so yeah I think the only time I've ever caught a shiny was in Pokemon Co mm. and I immediately traded it with you <laughs> yes you did <laughs> it was very nice it was very sweet of you yeah but yeah I really like this game and I'm having to I'm having to play a little less of it now because I've got other work things to do gosh oh, I know right rude. Like, oh it's so every time I pick it up I'm like Oh yeah, this is hitting all the all the good brain buttons. Mm-hmm. Good time. I'm having a very good time. Uh, what about you? What have you been playing? Oh gosh, we we visited some friends and we played did. some boarded games. Yeah, what did what did we? Where should we start? Well, the, the the basic premise was they have a bunch of games that they haven't ever played before, yes. either because they're new new, or they've tried to get them to the table and just God, this is too complicated. Yeah, like this is a group of friends that like. Some of the very earliest board games that they picked up when they were just getting into the hobby are ones that we look at now as people who've played board like lots of board games for years and go, "Oh, that's a very difficult entry point." Like, yeah, they they picked up some very complicated, very unforgiving games that have just sat in their collection. Very good, very well regarded games. Yes, well, I don't. One of them, maybe not so yeah. much. Games that are a bit <laughs> daunting if you don't have existing vocabulary for. Game mechanics. Yeah, so that like it was literally the first game uh, one of them picked up, and these are the people that got me into board games. Yeah. So I'm glad they stuck with it. Uh, the first game they picked up was uh, Robinson Crusoe, which I think I talked mm. about a couple of months back. They lent me their copy. I learned how to play it. I gave it back to them and went, "Eh, it's not for me." Yeah. Uh, um, but we we had a go at Terra Mystica, which is one that's sort of been on and off my wish list for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, the video that we learnt from was a little, oh was not great. Um, it it kind of decided to spam a huge list of characters and how they worked before it had really let 
use thinking like what the core mechanics were, mm-hmm. but we once we got over that hurdle, it is not that complicated a game, and it's got some neat mechanics. Yeah, absolutely. It's you're basically like hex grid trying to terraform and build buildings across a map for various win conditions. Yeah, so there's things like uh, how, who's got the largest city, um, who's got you you get points for having uh, cities of a certain size, so sort of uh, adjacent yeah. buildings. Um, and you've got this magic system that can be used for purchasing a very wide range of abilities, but it's sort of contingent on other people um, building near you. Mm-hmm. So there's certain buildings where it's like, if you build this near someone, you can build it for cheaper, but they'll get a chance to move some magic around this magic circle, and they'll probably get some benefits themselves later. There are other ways of getting magic yeah. moving around, but it's very slow. It is. That's That's one of the ones that's like, a very quick way of getting mm-hmm. access to that resource, and it kind of encourages you to, at least in one area, if if not all of them, be near other people, so you have the option of getting things cheaper, or them, you know, building near you and you getting free stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some mechanics around, like, you've got your favoured type of um, terrain for your character, mm-hmm. and further away types of terrain on a wheel will cost more resources to terraform. Um, It's a neat little system. It's not overly complicated once once it gets going. Once you get used to the the iconography, I find this with a lot of games. Some of them have a lot of different icons, but as long as they're consistent, when you get to a point in the game where you can just go, ah, it's that thing, I know what that means. Yes, yes. Um... It's one of those games where rather than trying to read through what all the characters do, it's like, okay, find some recommended easy ones and just start playing because it'll all make a lot more sense after that. And in fairness, it did have like a, here are the recommended factions for a three player first game. Here is how we recommend you set up the board. Here are the recommended uh, victory conditions because there are like six, um, six rounds that you will be going through. And each round will have different like ways to score points this round, mm. as well as all the other ways of scoring things. Yeah. Uh, but it could be like upgrade a certain type of building this round, and it will be worth five victory points. Yeah. Or putting this type of building down is worth two points. Mm. Um, so obviously you'll sort of you can look ahead and go, okay, I'm gonna set myself up to do that a yeah. lot next time. Yeah, you could be like, I'm not I'm gonna deliberately not build this building type next uh, this turn because it's not worth bonuses now, but if I wait till next turn and do it, I can get the extra stuff. Yeah, and, and sometimes those those will spiral on from each other. So like you might be this one, this get level might be uh, do the, the put down base basic type buildings as much as possible this round. Get as many points as you like. Yeah. The next round will, might be like the upgraded version of that building, and two rounds after that might be build the highest level building you can. Yeah. Um, so if you can chain those nicely, all yeah. the better. Also, there's a system where you burn priests to a cult. <laughs> um, <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't think know if that's definitely what the manual says, but that was, certainly I've... the video was like, just burn some priests. And we're like, yeah, and down for I that. Mean, down I mean, look, if you're, if you're trying to get favour with a cult, burning a priest is a good way to go like, oh, hey, yeah, I, I approve of your uh, your specific cult's flavour of magic. Hey, I worship your cult first. I, I want to put them on, I want to make them with three favour with this cult. <laughs> fire cult, fire cult. Ah. Uh... Yeah, Terra Mystica. 
good good game that's an intimidating out of, first out of the box. Yeah, experience. it's 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 a heavyweight game, um, but I can, I can see why it gets so much love. Even yeah. if I do not recommend it as someone's second game to have purchased. Oh gosh, no! I am I am impressed that our friends stayed playing board games with that being their second game. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've just uh. bought a large Calyx, so I'm guessing they're staying with Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you? What have you played? Ah, uh, what have I played? I need to have have a look. Have a look. What will I play? Uh, uh, once once well, you get past the Pokemon, it's like. Nye, nye. Uh, well, we played another game with those friends. We did. Uh, we played um, Exit. The uh, Stormy Night. The Stormy Night. Yeah. Yes. So we've played in one of the Exit Escape Room we games played before. Beyond the Gate or something like that. Yeah, and I remember the one we played being pretty alright. Um, For the most part, there were a few absolutely bullshit puzzles. There was a couple, but it it started strong and ended strong, yes. and it had a couple of wobbles in the middle. But like, I walked away from playing that Exit game, and this is one of those like, um, it's a escape room in a box. These ones are single play, they're not play and pass, you often have to destroy components. Yep. Um, the Stormy Night, not a good exit game. It is a considerably worse game than the last one we did of this. It had a lot of just bullshit, think outside I'm, the box nonsense. I'm, I feel like the problem was that the difficulty spiked in the wrong places. Yeah. Um I mean part I think part of the problem was caused by the fact that we didn't set up exactly as stated in the manual. I mean, yes, but uh, I I don't think that would have made a huge difference. The game actively tells you to not do certain things and then sometimes a puzzle solution will require you to do it. Yeah. So, um, so one of the solutions involved looking at part of a card that you wouldn't want to look at the other part of because it would give you a solution. Yeah, it's it's a yeah, I I don't I, look, I'm 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 just going to talk spoilers because this yeah. is this is a bad exit game. Don't oh, play this one. this one. Um we didn't touch the solution cards, the hint cards, the I'm struggling cards because, you know, like, you know, not wanting to feel like you're you're losing. Also, the game tells you don't look through these decks. You know, like, don't go looking through these decks yeah. closely or but anything. But it does also tell you to stack, like, the three piles of cards on the side of the table and put the components on the side yeah, of the table. Yeah, but I don't think that would have made a huge difference. I would... think having them there might have given I us mean, something. I mean, I'd already, like, I'd a couple of times already gone through and looked through that deck and I hadn't twigged, but, yeah, you had to look at the back of some solution cards to d do a thing. This... <sighs> How do I even describe? <laughs> my my biggest problem with it is not that there were a couple of bullshit puzzles. I think that the problem is that a couple of the puzzles right at the end were bullshit. Yes. And that left me walking away, not on a hooray, we did it, I'm so smart yeah. energy. Yeah. It left me walking away going, oh, oh, I, I just don't like the game. Yeah. So beyond the gate, I can't remember exactly how it started, but it started well. We had a, a few. I think actually, I think we struggled with the first one. Yeah, and just... we might have looked at a couple of hints, and we were like, "Okay, I understand how this game works." Now. Yes, and then we had like maybe one or two in the middle where we yeah. were like, "Oh, oh, really?" That. But then the very that... last one was what? 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 Oh, that's cool. Yes. That's very that's, clever. That's the thing. I was very willing to forgive some of the puzzles along the way because the ending was. Very cool in its execution and completely caught me off guard. Yeah. 
I will say that this one, not only was the final puzzle in a couple of ways not great in its signposting and a bit frustrating, but also part of the final puzzle was way too simple and I think the game lied to me in order to make that more simple and it annoyed me. Mm. So I'm just going to talk about parts of the last puzzle because it's bad, don't pick it up. Yeah, spoilers. Yes. Uh, skip forward like five minutes. Yeah. Um. So the when you get the game, you open it up and there's one card that isn't in the, uh, the sealed pack of cards and there's a little bit of paper that says, oh, really sorry we didn't um we forgot to uh, add this one into the deck um so we just chucked it in the top of the box you'll have to add it yourself i said the instant i took it and put it in the sealed pack of cards huh this one feels a little bit bigger like it could be a, like a trick card um that uh, i could i could like in fact, I think you did yeah. the trick yeah You're i like, did Ooh. i did the trick of like i did is the this thing. your card yeah, i did the thing and then at the end Big surprise, oh, 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 hold the deck, but not too lightly, you'll feel something, pull it, you'll find a card that you need. And, like, that was, like, all of the excitement and mystery of that was, like, completely taken away by the fact that I'd had to, like, consciously look at this card, put it in, and notice, oh, card number 20 is a little off-sized. So, like, the second I saw, like, we had to do the, like, hold the deck, like, I was like, oh, 20, it's, 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 it's 20. 20. Yeah. And, like, and then the solution to that puzzle was basically, look at the back of this card, draw a line between these things, it will create a number, and you only need one number. The rest of the game, you haven't required three numbers and a yeah. thing. And this was the one point it was like, no, you don't need a number this time. You don't, you don't need three numbers, it's, it's like, a, an A number will appear. I mean, yes... I feel like it could have been more clear that it was looking for a single digit number because or even a two digit number yeah. and like and you will need to use that number in this area. Yeah, because cause... getting an, it would have been one thing to even get the number and we did end up Ging. Yeah. It would or, well, well using like, the hint system rather. I mean, um, we'd gotten to the very last stage of the puzzle and like we sat there for 20 we, minutes. Yeah, we weren't looking for a single digit number. It hadn't been made clear enough that it was locked in our head. That's the thing. And it also hadn't been made clear that, hey, once you've got this number, you need to get that numbered card out of this deck. Yeah, it's... I get what they were going for, and I think there's a version of that puzzle that could have worked really well. Yeah. But, like, here's the thing. Maybe card number 20 genuinely they did forget to put in because they had to get it cut a different size... As a different from a different, lot, from yeah. a different manufacturer, and they forgot to add it in. Yeah. But like, my walking away from that final puzzle feeling was, oh, they lied to me to tell me the solution so that I wouldn't miss it. And like, I didn't either to make it too easy, or it was going to be too expensive for them to put, uh, like, have those printed out uh, and and that card yeah. added to it separately like, from a different batch. Yeah, like not not cut o- from a different die or something. N- not only did I know the answer straight away, I didn't feel smart for knowing it, and I felt lied to, which was a bad yeah. combination to have right at the end of your experience. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the thing. I think if the last puzzle had been on the level of the 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 one that we did, the the what's it gate, yeah. Um, if we'd had a really cool, really unique, like not challenging, but oh, that's that's cool final puzzle, I think we'd have been a lot more forgiving. Yeah, I definitely agree. But there it is. Yeah, we we, we did that. 
We looked up reviews. Apparently, this is from people that play a lot of the exit games. This is notorious for being the well, better the weaker one. ones. Yeah, yeah, people don't like this one. No. Um, but and and once again, I walk, walked away from an exit game going, it was fine. I mean, it was more bullshit than usual, but it was fine. TM. Yeah. Another thing where I wouldn't have bought it myself, but if I'd received it as like a little gift from someone who was like, you like board games, I got you yeah. a little thing. I would appreciate it all the same and I would have had a good hour, couple of hours, potentially. Yeah. Um, but, I, but yeah, I'd like, don't recommend exit games to anyone because they're so wasteful. I mean, yeah, like, sometimes they'll have a neat gimmick, but I don't think that's worth the fact that you can't play and pass. Like, I would much rather have a game with less of a good gimmick but that I can have a good time with and then pass on to someone else who can yeah. pass it on. Yeah. Like, like, Unlock is a perfect example. You get three escape rooms in the box and you can take the whole lot and give it to a friend. Yes. If if, if I were going out and buying an escape room in a box, those are the ones I'd go for over yeah. the exit ones. Absolutely. I would, I would even recommend, like, if you are a group of gamers who have other groups of gamers nearby who yeah. are your who are friends, maybe you have a big network, maybe you've got enough people to play Blood on the Clock Tower. I don't know. Like, maybe it's a thing that you like. Each of you buys a a unlock. You yeah. pass it around the group, and eventually, maybe it even passes out of the group. But that is never going to have to go to waste. Yeah, it's n never going to like end up in a landfill just because. It's been done with, like it's it's fine, like, and you can do cool stuff with it. You could have like mirror puzzles and and all sorts of other stuff. Yeah, so that game did not do it well. No, one and oh yeah, the mirror puzzle. Oh, since we're doing spoilers, skip forward another minute. Um, one of the puzzles requires you to bend a reflective piece of piece of card into <laughs> odd shapes along the line, and read the numbers that it makes from certain objects. Yeah. And one of them was supposed to be a number two, and it looked nothing like a number two. Because here's the it looked thing. looked like a backwards F the, the, at best. The thing is, even when you look at the solution card for that puzzle, where they have a picture of what you're supposed to be seeing that's like... And from uh -huh. the op optimum yes. angle. Their, their photo of the optimum angle of the perfect recreation of what they, like how you're supposed to see this number two didn't look, look like, like a two. two. Like, even when they were doing their best perf perfect job, didn't look like a two. No. Fuck. That was that was not a good puzzle. No, <laughs> that puzzle it was especially a good, get it was a good idea that didn't work. I mean, they needed to do something to make it either more like a two or just make it a seven. Uh, like I'm sure they could have pulled a seven out of their asses. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about you? What else have you played this week? <laughs> uh, we played an other board game. <gasps> we did. Uh, we played some viticulture. We did. We played it with some expansion we did. stuff. We played it with the um, work, extra workers expansion, which is part of Tuscany, and we played with the more visitors expansion, yeah. which is just extra summer and winter visitors. Uh, so, if you listened last week, this was the winemaking worker placement game oh, we played, yeah. and the big change in what we played here was that. There were a couple of bonus types of workers that were randomly drawn from a deck that had unique abilities and could be purchased in place of a regular worker for one gold more than a regular worker would cost. Mm -hmm. um, and the ones we played with were the Professor, 
uh, which would allow you to, when you placed it down somewhere, you could take one of your regular workers off the board from somewhere else mm -hmm. uh, to free up a space for you to hopefully go back. Within the same season. Yeah. Uh, yes, apparently. Um, or just to retrieve a worker and get an extra action. Yep. Um, well worth going for, even just so that you can get extra actions in your economy. Yeah, it's basically like adding, like training two workers at once, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and what was the, the other one? Uh, the other one, I can't remember what the name of the unit was, but it was, you can put, um, put a meeple into a future season. Yes. Which in the, we'd be using the standard board rather than the, uh, the Tuscany yeah. extended board. So we didn't have the, like, the four seasons version, just the, yeah. the original two seasons version. So you could only put it ahead one season rather than going, oh, I'm going to put it into, like, winter or whatever, when yeah. you're still in spring. It... It was not as useful necessarily there, and I feel like it'd be more useful in a higher player count game where there's more yep. wrestling over positions. I think you make good use of it a few times. I, I found a couple of ways to use it. I I mainly used it to in advance signal what I was going to be doing and go, I'm going to do this so think otherwise there. I, I, oh, I, I assumed you were using it to just be like, haha, I have blocked the harvest thing on the board because I, mean, I think you did it twice and I was like okay well I guess I have to buy the yoke well, that's, because yeah. uh, I'm not getting that that's the thing I you was... had your yoke and you were like Haha, hogging the board fuck you that's, that's the thing <laughs> I was using it to push you towards having to do something that wasn't directly what you wanted to be doing yeah, so it was an extra move and money I had to spend yeah and like there were some uses for it I can think of other ways I could have used it mm -hmm. um I continue to really like uh, Viticulture. Yeah, it's, it's great. Real, real neat game. Also, of note, I really like that A, the original box fits uh, those both of those expansions really nicely, and possibly even the, the one expansion I don't have, which is um, something on the Rhine? I don't know. It's, an, it's a whole like separate set of you cannot mix these in with the uh. other cards. It is, here are... Um, summer visitors and winter visitors and rather than being like you can sell grapes or you can sell a wine directly they are very very specifically super focused on it's all about making wine which is kind of what the game's about so yeah. maybe it's, it's like a refocus but it doesn't work with any of the other cards uh -huh. and it seems like there would be enough room to fit those cards in there in the neat. base box, which is neat. Um, but also the fact that they were sleeved. I, I sleeved yeah. all the cards because I was like, we're going to play this game a lot. You've got tiny little get sleeves. Got tiny little sleeves. It's yeah. almost made me want to get some more in Sleeve Battlestar Galactica. Ah, oh, yeah. Because uh, I think the only problem... With, and mm, They're nice sleeves, actually. They don't slip around too much. But... No, they're good sleeves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um... Viticulture continues to be great. Oh, oh, just like the fact there was a little notch to fit the board extensions. Oh yeah, some of the Tuscany stuff in the base game. It's like it's mm. a nicely thought out box. It's like the fact that I've got three boxes worth of stuff in one box, and it just fits perfectly and nicely, and it's Yay. so tidy. <laughs> mm. uh, what about you? What else have you played? Uh, we played another board game together. I believe oh. it's called a Great Western Trail. That's the one. A second, second edition. edition. Second edition. Shall we talk about? The second edition's differences. So, uh, the <laughs> first edition was um, problematic with regards to Native Native Americans. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know how the manual describes it, but while trying to find a tutorial video, several people was like, and now you could just kill the Indians. It's like, oh no. Yeah. Or you can just buy the Indians. Oh, oh no. Yeah. It Please was, don't say that. It was quite, like... I was horrified enough at the thought that that was the, the what the first edition of the game was like. I I, have, I, I can yeah. dig the manual out online because I, I, I'm really curious if it was just the few people that we tried to watch videos I mean, by. I've, I, curiosity, watched a couple of other videos in my own time and everyone was doing it. There were a lot of just very boring white men who were making really gross jokes at the mm. expense of Native Americans. Ugh. That game clearly at some point had a bit of a gross fan base around it. Oh, yeah. Um, but second edition, um, now it's got cowboys or bandits, I think it so, is. So, yeah, it's, re- it's replaced the uh, Native Americans with, with bandits. Uh, it, it has a bandit country vibe, that whole yeah. area, so it makes more sense. But also now there are no Native Americans anywhere in this America. Yes, yes. This is the, uh, the 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 expansion Westwood, and there's no Native Americans there, which has its own problems. But I'd prefer this than, um, yeah, go 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 buy the Indians. <sighs> also, the uh, like the game itself is not entirely populated by white men. Yeah, because previously the engineer, the cowboy, and the builder were all white men. Yes, yes. And now the builder is uh, femme presenting and the engineer is a black guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so with all that preamble out of the way, yeah. we played second edition. We spent about which... five hours learning and playing. Yeah, there was a bit of a learn to do. So you are bringing cattle across um, across North America. You're trying to get them to, uh, I forget where it is, You're in New Jersey, I think. Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City. Trying to get into Kansas City to load them onto trains to take them across the country. Yeah, so I, I basically, from moment one, reflavor the entire game as we need to help the cows get across the country so they can go ride trains. Yeah, I forget about all the problematic framing. I want to have a little cow in a train. They're very cute cows. They're very cute cows. And the train meeples are very cute yeah. as well. So, I help their cows ride their train. So you've got a looping board and you're basically trying to make sure that like, you start at one end and by the time you get to the far end and you have to constantly be moving towards the end goal, but there are sort of branches and... You can choose your pace as you're going. Some of those are um, more dangerous than others and get more dangerous yeah. as the game goes on. Um, but you're trying to basically swap around the cards in your hand so that when you get to the end of a loop, you have the highest value hand possible to get more money, to be able to deliver further along the line, to be able to like get more points. Yeah, so um, for each distinctly different cow you have... Yeah. So like orange, blue, green, grey. Yeah. Uh, they're also named, so I guess that would be a, a nice colorblindness yeah. option as well. But it's it's basically like if you have a hand that's got like um all all really high value cards, but uh, two of the threes are the same kind of cow. You only get to count one of those threes for points. The other one gets disregarded because it's a duplicate. So you're doing a lot of like. Uh, there'll be points along the board where you could say sell a cow of a specific type and put it in your discard pile. And then because you've discarded a card, you get to draw a card to replace it. it it's lots of it's like... hand optimization rather than, yeah. than deck building. It's, you're hanging onto your hand until the end of the loop and you're basically trying to 
shuffle the things you don't want out of your hand in so that you can draw new things in and hopefully get a better mm -hmm. spread. And there are some ways of optimizing your engine a bit yeah. so that you can uh, like literally just get rid of cows entirely out of yeah. the game. Uh, you can buy new cows from a market. Um, and we mentioned briefly there are three kinds of workers you can be buying. Yes. There's the, the, the cowboys, um, where yeah. they're, they're basically like... The more of them you have, the better cows you can buy and the cheaper those cows are to buy. They're wranglers. They will yeah. basically help you manage the cows. So, like, for example, if you have one cow poke, you can uh, buy, like, a level four and above cow for, yeah. I think it was 12 yeah, you can buy twelve dollars. Yeah, um, but if you had two, at least two cowpokes of that type, you could um, buy one for was it six or eight? I think yeah. so it was. It was a good discount on like the price yeah. of a really good cow. Yeah, and the other worker types you've got are the um, the builders, um, and the more of them you have, the bigger the kinds of buildings you can build on the map are, or upgrade, um, or upgrade, or the bigger the upgrades you can do. And they will give you places that you can stop for benefits along the route. Uh, and some of them will take money away from other players if they go through them. Yep. Um, so you're sort of trying to build a route that you can use efficiently that will get you around in a good loop. Mm -hmm. While also positioning those things in places that are going to be really inconvenient for other players to have to go through. And there's a whole thing of... Like first of all, where do you put those yeah. things? Because some some of them, if you land on them, they can have a really good bonus. But those are usually straight after hazards. Yeah. Um, but there's some areas have more hazards than others. Uh, but there are there are a few ways of getting rid of hazards throughout the game. Yeah. And those hazards will be worth points to you at the end of the game. Um, and the last one, the the engineers. Um, basically, whenever you get a new engineer, they will do some kind of benefit that's usually get rid of one of your low-value cows to get a good benefit. And because you can sort of... Discard rather yeah. than remove them. Uh, yeah, discard. So you'll do a lot of, like, putting them out in, in, in places around the board so that spots open back up, and then you buy new engineers to activate their abilities again. They're a good all-round, whenever you buy them, something will happen. Yeah. Um... And yeah, you're trying to sort of optimize your own route while optimizing your hand. Yeah. So you you're go. you're working on your player board, so you're opening up more options for yourself, giving yourself more maneuvers. You're uh, you placing buildings, upgrading buildings yeah. to make your movement around the board. Because some of those buildings will be like the second part of it will be move your uh, move your cowboy meeple. X number of yeah. positions. So you could <laughs> yeah. just set yourself up a really nice chain. Yeah, if you can set up like, oh, this one gives me something and I get an extra an extra one move turn, which moves me to another space where I get something in an extra one move turn. Or even five moves, because yeah. some of those get really big. Oh, exactly, but like you do a couple of low ones and then maybe a big one at the end and sort of throw yourself toward the end. Yeah. You, you can set things up. Yeah, you can like, really nicely optimise and sort of start slinging yourself around the board at, yeah. at high speed and getting more things then of course once you get to kansas city you have to pick three new things to put out on the board yeah uh, be that uh new people that you can uh employ in the market or new hazards that are going to go down on the board and then like the qu the question is do you want to be putting hazards out on the board because if someone pays to remove that hazard what's the score value on it if it's a four yeah. maybe you want to keep that off the board for as long as possible and stop people getting that advantage yeah 
it's a mechanically neat game that took us a while to work out how to make progress in. Yeah. It was a very slow start. It was a very slow start and a constant feeling of, yeah, I reckon in a, in a, in a couple of moves we are going to have uh, got this whole thing locked in. We're going to have the whole thing. And it, it was... It, it it did eventually, but it was considerably after and, the number of times yeah. I expected it to. And it definitely, like, it wasn't until a good ways in before we worked out, like, oh, one of us has, has specced more than the other into the thing that's making income. Yeah, but I There's, think... That's like new, new game learning. It was new game learning, and I've w- watched a couple of videos about sort of, like advice for new players yeah. um so a, c- a couple of things went wrong one i was trying to do everything yeah As you, once again i was trying to build an engine that does everything so i had some workers some engineers some builders and i i think i got very fixated on trying to resolve uh one of my um uh objective cards because all a lot of my objective cards that i had picked up had you must have some hazards in your hand, which means you have to remove them from the board. And yeah. there's only one place on the board and two possible buildings in a starter game that will remove things from the board. Yeah. But by the time I managed to get down the building that removes other things from the board, mm. I, the one time I hit that building, I did not have enough money to remove a hazard. Mm. And by the next time I was like, I'm running out of time, I just need to upgrade it and try and get the thing that gets two hazards off the board. Yeah. Um, also, like, you were just sort of merrily plodding along, building your engine nicely, and I was like, I'm going to do everything at once. Consequently, the game ran super long. Yeah. Um, because, like, apparently average scores for that game are not nearly as high as you got. Oh. And you more than doubled me, and apparently the reason for that is because the game just went too long. And it, it apparently just spirals massively. Yeah. If if someone is lagging, and and I did, and I, I lagged, and I let go on for a really long time. Uh, but I I have sort of better ideas about sort yeah. of like, hey, maybe just spec into builders or yeah. just engineers or just cowpokes. Yeah. And like let your let your first um objective because you get dealt a, a random yeah. objective card at the beginning. Let that guide you. But if you really don't think you can't get it, don't worry well, too much because it doesn't yeah. have any negative points on that that's, one. That's the thing. Like, you put a lot of time into trying to get that one thing done that was going to get you maybe, what, five points? It was going to get me five points, um, but then I, um, because of the way I had um, sent cows to certain cities, yeah. I ended up picking two extra objective yes. cards. And rather than doing the sensible thing and going, I am just going to... Uh, do the uh, action to remove a card from my deck. Yeah. I played one of them, meaning that I lost even more points. Yes. Uh, just because it was going to give me a single one-time really tiny bonus. Yeah. Whereas I was just like, cows get money, money get cow. Yeah. Like, my system was not running well. It's a, it's a learning it's game. It's a first game, about. yeah. It was like... a. I think the fact that it took so long to play the game, there was just like a real sense of like, I got utterly fucked. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, it was absolutely my fault. But But just like, oh no. I want to play more of it, but I feel like we've got a better sense of it now. Oh, absolutely. And and I reckon that that game would run closer to an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah. Maybe two and a half hours. uh, Rather than five hours. 
Partly because we wouldn't have to watch a forty-minute video to learn. Exactly. Um, well, yeah, that was that was a nice time letting the cows yeah. ride on their chains. Uh, did you play anything else? Uh, I played a fuck ton of Deep Rock Galactic. Hell yeah, you did. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm getting to a point of, what if the season ends? I really want that that floppy hair. I want to have an emo dwarf. I mean, they have said there'll be ways to get them later. I know, but... (laughs) The FOMO's getting you. The FOMO is getting me. It's getting me real bad. Oh, no. But, yeah, it still continues to be fun with dwarves. I I hope that that is fun and not stressful. For the most part, it's fun and not stressful. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about you? Have you played it in Seals? Just Pokemon. Just so much Pokemon. Pokemon. So much Pokemon. So much Pokemon. Pokemon. I've had Pokemon, so many Pokemon. You poked all of them on. I'm, I've am i not even started the story in the second area, and I have a team of level 60s. <laughs> I am very... You're just going to be tearing through the next region, people just... Ah, oh no! I mean... Legends I'm, tell of the lore are tearing through the town. I'm on my... my f- first I, I'm on the second area my first time through and I'm already fighting a bunch of the the big alpha Pokemon that are meant to be like ah this is big and intimidating I'm like not for me it's not because mm. I'm a Pokemon researcher I took my time you don't scare me Tangrowth ah <laughs> uh, but that, that's it for, that's it for me yeah well then <gasps> time for this oh right so um Coming up with skits for tonight's episode, 200, something a bit special. Yeah, yeah. Um, Got a couple of sponsors in the sponsor inbox. Oh yeah, what we got? Um, well, we got some some D&D thing. That, that looks interesting. That That's seems... probably the sensible answer. Yeah. What else we got? Manscaped! Oh. Yeah. No! No! Apparently, they feel that we are absolutely... The right podcast <laughs> oh, to be advertising on. I mean, look, we're the right podcast to advertise on if the punchline is new bottom surgery just dropped. I, I, yeah, I mean, no, <laughs> that would be fine if they didn't like have this whole spiel about the fact that you can avoid nips and cuts thanks to their like ceramic thing. Oh, that whole thing. You won't lose a bollock like that. Yeah, look, look. Come back to us when you make the ball trimmer. They'll just trim the balls off. Yeah, exactly. Be a funny TikTok punchline for us. Be an orchidectomy right now. Come on. Yeah, and also, like, you think we're the perfect podcast. You are too late. By some years. Not only are you too late, but my understanding is that, like, there's a good proportion of listeners who ain't gonna be your market. I I feel so like I'm not discriminating against ball owners, but no, I, no, no, I'm not I do not think that's that, the case. Um... I don't think that um, an audience of people who currently have hairy balls is a big chunk of our market. Do you think they're they're quite smooth? I I think I think that we got a lot of not ball people or ball a people? lot of already trimming the, the, them themselves. Already trimming. Yeah, I don't think the unkept balls are a market that we've got a lot of... I don't know, you know, maybe maybe we have a lot of hairy balls out there, and, (laughs) you know, I'm not adverse to playing with with a hairy dice set. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly certainly not. Yeah. But, uh, I guess you can do that one a miss. Yeah, maybe that one a miss. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, all right, Dave. Didn't see you down the pub last night. You doing all right? Oh, yeah. You see the uh, the, the match match last night. The uh, goalkeeper was having a real off night. You know, just uh, couldn't couldn't keep the ball off the uh, the top corner. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I, had a, I saw a real fit burn at the, uh, the pub last night. It was real, real hot. Being a lot less chatter than usual tonight, Dave. Uh, you doing all right? That's a nice, uh, nice carrot you, you got there. Mm. Listen, Baz, I've, uh, I've given up on society, mate. Oh, really? Yeah. Had enough. Got tired of all the, you know, the anti-vaxxers, oh. the bigots. Oh. Um, you know, just, I've decided I am bunny. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that seems pretty chill. Yeah. Nice. I live out here in the field. It's a nice field. Yeah. Got my carrot. Got my grass. I mean, I mean. And two little hoppities. I mean, if we put a little portable telly here so I can watch the footy still, uh, mind if I join you? Oh, I'm not sure about the telly, mate. But do try one of these carrots. They're very good. Yeah, it's pretty good. See, you could be bunny too, mate. <laughs> so, <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos on the Folding Ideas channel. Yeah, uh, we were which... kind of inspired following the uh, the the um, Line Go Up video. Yeah, so we mentioned this the 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 other week. Um, Line Go Up, all about uh, NFTs, NFTs, and the history and, of where they came yeah, from, cryptocurrencies, and that whole thing. Um, let me let me find the the videos I've been watching because like I got some I got some good ones to recommend. He's got a good. Stable of very varied but very well done yeah. video essays. Um, I watched a video he did about uh, the Nostalgia Critics review of The Wall from the mid two thousands. Oh goodness! Yes. Um, genuinely one of the more like actually insightful takes about that that I have seen. Mm. Um, he did a really good video called Let's Argue About Christmas Movies that talks about the role of tradition as a sort of stabilizing marker in the year and that people who argue that Die Hard is a Christmas movie every Christmas are basically fulfilling the same role as people who sit down and watch um you know whatever you, the snowman or whatever it's having a routine and a thing they do every year to mark the passage of time ah so and it's a it's a tactical assault christmas movie i, I mean as yeah, opposed to the snowman or well, miracle like, he, on 34th street i mean he he uses it as a point to basically go into like how humans are really bad at judging time and that yeah. these are the kinds of things that we do as humans to be like we are recognising a moment in time. Maybe we're doing it differently, but this is our ritual to mark that this has ha is, is arriving. Time has passed. We have watched Die Hard again. Yeah. Um, I watched the art and editing of The Snowman. Not not the Raymond not not, movie. not Not the children's Christmas movie. The terribly, terribly edited um, thriller detective mystery Yeah, you were watching film. this and I was like, who's in this film? Who's yeah, in this film? It's got some really good people in it for a film that they didn't film like a third of the scenes and had to mangle the edit to make it passable. That's fucking wild. Question mark. Um, um, one of my favorite. Is that where the perfection meme comes from? Yes, I, I believe so. It's, sorry, it's just clocked in my head. 
Um, Michael Fassbender in that jumper. Hang on. Yeah, <laughs> I believe so. Um, he did a really good series of uh, videos about the movie adaptations of the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey books. Yes, um, I watched some of that with you. Yeah, so like, I would really recommend watching this whole trilogy of things. And it's it's not the usual. Um, this is just it's shit. It's terrible. Like he gives it a fair shake and does a lot of looking at the origins of the story as serialized fan fiction and how serialized fan fiction is paced and how that sort of creates the meandering pacing in the books mm. and then talks a lot about like the various directors who worked on the films in that series and particularly like the directors of the first film that made a lot of changes to try and fix bad source material and them getting sort of pushed out of the the whole everything because like the the short version is the movie adaptation of Fifty Shades of Grey, while not being good, does a lot of subtle things to try and give um, the main female character, Anna, a lot more agency and a mm. lot m to be a lot less clueless and a lot more like battle of wits, like, you know, a lot less walked over. It's Fifty Shades of Grey where she says, whoa, a lot or something like that. Yeah. So like they completely got rid of the book's whole thing of her having an internal monologue where like she's... She's written in the books as if she's never heard of a penis. Like a what? Like literally like by the end of the like the the trilogy of books she's still like vanilla sex. I thought you were suggesting chocolate fudge brownies. So what's vanilla sex? 3 books into a trilogy about BDSM. Mm. Doesn't know the term vanilla sex. Like it's it's so they do a lot of like getting rid of a lot of that, giving her a lot more agency, cutting a lot of the padding out and then the the author was like, I am enraged. I'm enraged. How dare you give my main character oh, <laughs> any kind of agency. Yeah. Um, it's a fascinating trilogy of videos, but the thing that follows it up that I think is really interesting is a video called Tuka and Bertie Can't Make It Alone, which is a 10-minute video about a single 90-second scene in an episode of Tuka and Bertie, mm -hmm. which, um, if you haven't seen it, it's an animated adult um, sitcom that was on Netflix for a couple of seasons before it got cancelled. Um, and how that in 90 seconds does a better story about consensual non-consent and the dangers of stumbling into it without a level of self-awareness than Fifty Shades of Grey does in the books or the film. It seems to have a good level of understanding of yeah, because you mentioned the whole thing about... Um, a lady Killer in a Bind. Killer in a Bind. Yeah, but... The thing that made me confident to watch those Fifty Shades of Grey videos was, like, at the start of the first one of the trilogy, he brings up Lady Killer in a Bind, uh, which, if you don't know, is made by a trans person and is a story of queer, trans BDSM that plays with non-consent in um, very nuanced ways. Mm. And I was like, hey, sir... You have instantly used the reference point that makes me trust your opinion. Yeah. You've mentioned, like, like well-handled BDSM queer art by, by a trans woman. I trust you to not fuck up. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, generally... Or at least I'll give you more of the benefit of the doubt for now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll have to watch four and a half hours video. Uh, yeah, and I did and he really nailed it. Yeah. I'll, I'll rattle off a couple of other video titles I think are worth watching if you get into this rabbit hole. Um, Manufactured Discontent and Fortnite. Um, 
that talks a lot about the role of um, bringing non-video game stuff into Fortnite, like Marshmallow concerts or um, the Star Wars movie prequel stuff, and how that's used to manipulate sales of in-game items to children. Um, what is Vsauce, which talks a lot about, like, the shifting identities of a YouTube channel over time and how one channel can be many things depending on mm. when you're talking about. Not everyone relaunches. Yeah, exactly. Um, and an American tale, Fievel goes to video game oh hell. God. Um, I've never seen fi- the the American tale or Fievel goes west. So. Yeah, uh, there's a bunch more I've been watching. I've been I've been binging his, his channel. They're real good. Go yeah. watch these videos. Mm-hmm. I have found a new like. Mm, I, I, will, I will watch your analysis. I will, pro- I will probably watch anything you upload. You seem to have a good way about you. Yeah. You seem to be trans positive, which is always nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What about you? What you watched? Um. Not a lot. I have watched a lot of brick science videos on YouTube. Yeah. This is the person who did the uh, flight simulator. Oh yes. Um. Out of Lego. With the working joystick. Yeah. And... So they like. I'm looking at the beginning of that video, it's like, it's it's a biplane, it's on a little stand, it moves like left and right as the joystick turns left yeah, and right. And, and it, it pitches it, back and forth. It pitches back and forth, it's got a little um, throttle so yeah. that you can make the, the um, spinny spin, spinnier. Um, <laughs> the propeller. <laughs> the propeller, spin faster. Um, like, it spins spinnier. <laughs> but then like, um, I was like, this is what we're going to build, I'm going to show you how we built it. And, like, the thing I hadn't even considered watching the beginning of that was he made the whole throttle assembly and yeah. the throttle, and he made the uh, the joystick and the joystick assembly. And coded the things that were going to make it do the thing. He things. got some help with the coding, but He got some help, but yeah, like, it was, there was coding that needed to be done, it wasn't yeah. off the shelf, and... Uh, it, it, I've never seen, like, like Lego, um, like, that side of Lego, because yeah. I've never had the money for kits like that. Yeah. Um... But it looks an awful like like scratch. A couple of times I've attempted that. Yeah. That sort of like here is a loop. It's yellow when you put green things in and, and tag stuff. And yeah. I guess it takes inputs, but from various things you have. Yeah, it was very cool. Um, like watching that whole process of building it and then building the uh the actual plane itself and then he did um he built a helicopter for that same assembly yeah he's like pop that off pop the the helicopter on and it, instead of making the propeller on the front it makes the rotor blades go mm. um and that sounded like it actually was going to take off <laughs> um and then putting like a jet on it but obviously jet doesn't have propellers so instead of uh, making the uh, mo- uh making the uh motor go faster it makes a sound thing a sound brick ah. inside it Make a more shushy sound <laughs> to, to imply that it is going faster. And I thought that was very cool. Uh, he did another video of, um, you know those like pin puzzle things? You put your hand in oh, them and yeah, it makes yeah, an yeah. imprint. Like when we go to Coxcon and yes, there's the, yes. the big wall of them. Um, made one of those out of like Technic Lego pieces. Ooh. And uh, was like, I want to make one of those tables like... Um, like you get in sci-fi movies of here's a projection of the thing and it just comes out of the table. Yeah. Um, so he he basically like used one of those and then uh, inside there was like a platform that would raise underneath it and make ah. the the images sort of show up. So he built like the pyramids at Giza 
and like just a, a cool sort of geometric shape and like a ziggurat and like a couple of other things that sort of rise up there and then he had like slid that whole thing out and put another assembly underneath it um with like some apparently in some pizza places they have like silicon pizzas to practice doing the spinny okay um and and he got like a couple of those on some pushy things and they were all set at different timings and it sort of sat sat on there and it looked kind of like waves pushing up Ooh. across the like across all the pins it was very cool um, just some fun little projects uh, with bits of Lego I cannot afford. But yeah. it's, cool. it's cool to look at. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Have you watched anything else? We watched uh, Hilda the Mountain King. We did? Yeah. Hilda and the Mountain King. Uh, that that sure feels like uh, a show that Netflix has cancelled and given them 90 minutes to wrap up their plot threads. Yep. Which... Is always a shame, but also you shouldn't expect any different from Netflix or yeah. an animated. Did you like something? Yeah, a, a well, a critically well received animated show with a female lead. Mm-hmm. Perish the thought of that continuing. I mean, I don't know what the books are like or how well the series was based on the books, but, but I like, mean, I suppose they could have gone further potentially. I mean, it it feels like they ended at the right place. Yeah, it's it. I think that this provided a very good closure to that story. Yeah. And I'm very happy with that as its own self-contained thing that mm. neatly finishes. Um, I will say it's a bit of a shame that... Uh, what's the little... Um, uh, al- alpha? alpha? Alpha. Alpha the Alpha. Uh, alpha basically wasn't in it. He was present. Uh, he flew a pigeon for a while. He flew a pigeon to go separately look for where Hilda might be. Uh, and then... I don't know if they couldn't get the voice actor for much of yeah, it, or... It, that's just how they wrote it. It Alpha's, maybe, maybe it was cut for time or yeah. something. Alpha is conspicuously absent for a thing that feels like the end of this show, and it feels like Alpha just doesn't get to be in the end of the show, mm. which is a bit of a shame. But like otherwise, I thought it was it was it was sweet. It was funny. It was well well handled. It yep. it had like that nice thing of maybe don't assume the worst of. Yeah. Everything just because it's a maybe scary or different, do you? Which yeah. I have loved throughout Hilda. Yeah, it it's got real vibes of what if Attack on Titan, but not made by someone who might be a Nazi or at least and a Nazi we, apologist. Yeah, and we cared about why the things were trying to get through the wall. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I, I'm, I'm very happy with that. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um. I would watch through the whole series again. Hilda In... is an absolutely charming show. Yeah, I mild peril suitable for children. Yeah, I'm already like in the the, the headspace of like yeah, I could I could I could watch through that again, knowing where it's going. Yeah. yeah, and if they decide at some point they want to do like another series that's more focused on is it the mountain giants? Yes, I or suppose... the wolves or. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a, I'm sure there's a bunch of stories we could oh just monster of the week it. Just different, different yeah, thing each maybe. time, because that's sort of what the middle of each season is. You, you, you could find a way to do it. Yeah, um, I would be happy for more Hilda, but if it doesn't happen anymore, I am very glad with what we got. And yeah. like, uh, oh god, keep keep over. Yeah, and the Age of Wonder Beasts. Beasts, yeah. Like, I was happy with how that ended, and and I'm fine if there's no more of it. Yeah, I'm kind of glad if they don't feel the need to stretch more out of it. But at the same time, I do hope that they will give those people another opportunity to make something cool. 
Indeed, because I, I think wanna... they did an amazing job. Yeah, I would love to see whatever they 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 do next. Mm-hmm. Uh, you watch anything else? Not really. Yeah. I'll be honest. It's not been a watch heavy week. No, it hasn't. Has we, it? We spent a lot of time playing games. We played a lot of games. Played a lot of games. Yeah. Yeah. Well then, time for this. Laura, Laura, got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you sometimes play d and I do. And I you have don't. a hard time. Maybe you rolled very badly repeatedly oh. throughout the session and you just felt very frustrated. Yeah. Maybe the story didn't go in quite the way you, you were hoping. Yeah. yeah. You had expectations and they were blown. Yeah, you know, I tried to do the big thing that I'd been building the narrative towards and it fell apart and ultimately it means nothing. The story will go on, but like, I've really set my hearts on it, you know? Yeah. Um, what if there's those those sessions when your character dies? Oh yeah, I definitely had one of those. It was it yeah, was weird. Thirty it's... sessions in, yeah, you've drawn a real love it, for that character. It was it was hard explaining to people why I was mourning yeah. when I'd just been playing make believe. You know, but like you've, yeah, that's a genuine thing. You've yeah, got a lot of emotional time into it, like four hour, five hour, in entire day sessions of D and D. With your group, yeah. you know, you've you've become, especially when they yeah. make you do the voice, you get oh, very yeah. into that character for a long God. period of time. When you get betrayed by an NPC and Absolutely. suddenly you're like, it's just a story, but I feel like a dear friend has lied to me, even though they don't exist yeah. in the fiction. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, how about D&D therapy? Ooh. It... If you're experiencing any of those emotions, if you're feeling devastated or betrayed uh, or mourning the loss of a beloved party member or just like a bit frustrated that things haven't gone quite as you had planned, yeah. D&D therapy. They are a range of uh, very D&D experience and, and other, other RPGs. Tabletop role-playing experience. Tabletop role-playing experiences. But anything where you yeah. have had that experience, yeah. they are trained in... Various different uh, role-playing systems, and they will just listen to you and help you work through oh, the problems and give you some closure. That that feels really useful because that's going to take away the whole barrier of I'm afraid to tell someone that I'm crying because I pray, played make believe too hard. Yeah, yeah. That's, that that's, said, yeah. you should never be afraid to talk to your your DM in the first well, instance. It's, but it's exactly. If, but, you know, perhaps the aftercare after the session. That you still needed a bit more. Mm. Look, it's two AM and you're crying because a character you've played died, and you need a little yeah. bit of. You just need to talk to someone who isn't gonna go, but it's just a story. Yeah, absolutely. That is D and D therapy. Dot Probably without the lol. Probably should have avoided that. What were you thinking? You were so doing so well up to this point. <laughs> and enter the code Q and PS two hundred, and you can get fifty percent off your first ten sessions. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's okay. The dot lol is for lots of love because they're sending you lots of love in your hard time. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, um, Stafford's still trying to bloody unionize. Still? I thought we stopped all that. Well, apparently, we have you someone know. shot? I thought we were going to have someone shot. I mean, apparently, apparently doing that in front of, you know, witnesses is a bad idea, you know. What if we shot all of them? I mean, then we'd have no one to make the DLC that makes us uh, the money is the problem. 
Haven't so, legal got anything out of this yet? Oh, I know, I know. But like, look, here's here's the thing. I've heard about this uh, this amazing technique called union busting. Oh, where we uh, we we send a big message around that just completely and utterly lies about what unions are and ah, you know, right. scare them away. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking we could brainstorm right here. Today. Yeah, so yeah. Like, um, a union is defined as a large beast with thousands of rows of very pointy teeth. It is uh, genetically designed to uh, breathe in and suck money away from you and give you nothing in return. Its bile is acid and it, it bleeds acid and it's kind of like one of those aliens from that movie I can't remember the name of. Yeah. Uh, unions secretly want you to have worse working conditions and less money. Yeah. Because... They are the real capitalists. They're trying to skim money off of you. It's not not anything different. No. The union will come to your house. It will tear down your. It will huff and it will puff and it will blow your house down. Uh, the union knows dark magic and is planning to uh, sacrifice you to Satan as soon as you sign that uh, that that union card. You will never have another right ever again once you have signed it over to the Union. The Union is all-powerful and will control every aspect of your life. You will not even be able to wipe without uh, words from a committee. Uh, if you don't join a Union, we'll definitely, definitely, definitely make it easy for you as an individual to get better pay. <laughs> we will, we, we will, we'll invite you to the company picnic. Uh, ah, termination without cause, where we can just fire you for no reason, is actually good. And by trying to change that, the union is trying to make it so you'll be forced to do a crime. How would we stop predators if we can't, <gasps> couldn't fire people without evidence? Yeah, exactly. Do you want predators working here with uh, that we haven't proven have done anything wrong? No, so let us fire you without cause. The yeah. union. I mean, we to won't do it to you. We're obviously not going to do it to you. No, but the union's the, the bad ones. The union's protecting predators, probably. Yeah, 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 probably, and and worse, nebulously worse. Yeah, yeah. Y unions, unions are the reason you have taxes. The union will shit on your desk. The and, and steal your sandwich from the 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 fridge. And then shit in it and put it back. And then microwave that shit. And send. You are a fucking genius. I know. So. Uh, what have you put in your ears? Very little. Yeah. Very little. It's been a very playing things heavy week. Um... Mm -hmm. I've mainly been going back and, like, comfort listening to a bunch of stuff that I know really well. Um, I've been on a bit of a listening to just mid-2000s, like, my teenage era music mm -hmm. kick. Um, I went to my list of most played songs of last year. Mm -hmm. um, I basically just put that playlist on for a couple of days and was like, if it's on this list... It's probably a song I could happily listen to over and over and over and over and over it's and over and over again. the comfort list. Yes, it's in the list of I probably played you on loop for about a week, the week that you were the okay song. Mm -hmm. I've just been living in that space listening-wise. It's been a... It's not been a week for new audio. What about you? You listen to anything? Um, 
I listened to some synthwave while swimming. That was amazing. <laughs> you did. You've 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 got one of them all underwater swimmy what's it now. You can I, listen to water while you swim. Uh, yeah, I listened to some, I, so I loaded that synthwave mix I talked about a couple of weeks ago and the um power metal yeah. album. Haven't got around to the power metal. I'm looking forward to that. I was just like, I'm just going to put some synthwave on in the swimming pool. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm so chill right now. Yeah, <laughs> like there's no going back once you start swimming with music in your head. It's like, oh, oh this, is, this is fab. It's also nice for someone with ears as fucking awful as mine oh, God, to yeah. just swim with earplugs in. Yeah. I know I had to as a kid, but I always saw it as a bad thing. And now I'm like, actually, I kind of prefer swimming with earplugs Oh, yeah. In. Since I've been swimming with the, 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 the water headphones in, mm-hmm. I, I've tried taking them out a couple of times and being like, no, can't do it. Can't, can't have water in my ears. Bad splashy. Stop. Forgot how bad this was. Mm-hmm. I've learned to live with it. Now that I have an alternative, oh, no, it's unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Have you listened to anything else? Ah, that's that's it for me really. It's just been it's just been binge listening to stuff that I know sets off the dopamine buttons. Mm, one for the dopamine button, dears. And it's been listening to all the music that's been like this isn't situational. This isn't sometimes I'm in the mood for this song and sometimes yeah. I'm not. It's the if this comes on, okay oh hell yeah. Hell yeah. Good good for good good for the good stuff. I've been listening to the Steven Universe soundtrack again. Oh, well, yeah. The Steven Universe soundtrack album volume one, I think they called it when they released it. Yeah. I don't know if they ever made a volume two. What what, what sort of tracks you've been listening to? Uh, just everything on there. Yeah. So and any particular one standing out? The same ones I always love. Um, uh, Be Whoever You Are. Yeah. Um, the extended version of the theme tune. Yes. I really like... Um, the I can't remember what it's called. The one after Ruby and Sapphire fused for the first time. Oh, uh, stronger than you? No, no, no. Not in the not for the first time in the oh, series. For the first time, oh, yes, chronologically um, for them. Oh yes, yes. Um, Have you ever? Yeah, the one that's uh, there's a children's book telling of it. Yes, yes. I know the moment, and I can't think of the name, and it's going to annoy me now. Apologies. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll just pull it up. I mean, while you do, I'm I'm going to also attempt to pull up one of my favourite Steven Universe songs to talk about. Is it Full Disclosure? The uh, the episode's called The Answer. I know that. Uh, oh no, Full Disclosure's the one I was trying to think of. Full Disclosure is my one of my favourite tracks. It's the one where Steven's avoiding phone calls. Oh, uh, it's from... the ringtone that I have on my phone. Yes. Um... Yes, it's the I don't want something to... entirely new. Oh yes, yeah, but yes, it's Stephen's whole like oh I don't want to get you involved in this. I'm just gonna hide from you. Song that's a good track. It's a good track. Big fan of that. Um, um I could never be ready. Um, uh, do it for her or do it for him. Oh, d- do it for him slash her. Oh, such a good track. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite episodes of that whole show. It's a it's it's a good track. I it, I mean, obviously there is a, a lot going on behind that song that really needs to be unpacked, people. But then that's what the unit yeah. Stephen and uh, um, uh, in the future episodes were largely all about. Let's pack yeah. unpack the series. Uh, something entirely new. Something entirely new. That's yeah, that's the uh, yes. Early Garnet stumbling around. Yeah. God, that show has such good music. It really does. There's so many good tracks. Um, what's the one with Stephen and Connie? Um, 
um, with Garnet learning to centre themselves and doing sort of mindfulness. I, I think it's just called, it's, oh no, here comes a thought. Here comes a thought. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing dragon. Hey, hey, youth, learn to do mindfulness. Yeah. You centre yourself in your, in your bad moments and be like, it's okay, I can manage. Don't cost nothing. Yeah. It's over, isn't it? I bloody love oh, it's over, it's isn't over. it? Oh god, it's so beautifully shot. That that whole episode is a masterclass. Mm-hmm. As like, it's one of the few like full musical episodes. Yeah, and I think they're like rise into the big sort of theatrical bombastic music numbers into just sad lesbian pining mm. over. I loved you, but now I have to be here for your son, even though I resent the fact that you know his father was with you and not me, and also the fact that I pumped friendship coins into you for centuries and yeah. you didn't end up loving me back. Yeah. It's There's it's, a lot to unpack in that. It's such episode. a beautiful bittersweet thing. Like yeah. her like her resentment towards Greg and them having to work that out is so well handled. It was about bloody time they worked it out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. I realised for Pearl it was no time at all in the extent yes. of extent of her life, but God, Steven yeah, Universe. Been a while. I want to do a rewatch of Steven Universe. At some I'm up point. for a rewatch of Steven Universe. Yeah, yeah, it's it's on the list because I've rewatched like the f- what was out at the time, like midway through season two. Like I rewatched the whole thing within a week of having watched it the first time. Yeah, and then like it was just the staggered, the week to week to week to week to week, and then months of waiting. Yeah, I want to binge it. Yeah, I would love to like binge the whole series at some there's, point. There's so many arcs that I I want to see like all in one go happen. You know what we should do? We should get some snacks. We should get some wine. Get the nerds over. <gasps> oh god, just a just a a drunk friends watch along yeah. of oh that be that sounds like a fucking great time. There you go. I, I I think we need to do you that. You can have that suggestion. Oh, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, let's do anything else? Or is it just... mainly it. It's a good album. It's a good album. Yeah. You're making me want to go listen to it. Go and listen to it. It's a good album. If any of you haven't seen Steven Universe, go How see them. This is pretty good. How do you doing? This is pretty good. It's very good. <laughs> well then. <gasps> Time for this. Introducing the Queer and Pleasant Strangers VFP, a very fungible podcast. It's it's just an MP3. It, you, it's fungible. You can you can download it. You can reproduce it. You can split it up. You can do what you like uh, within the realms of the Creative Commons. Exactly. No blockchain. The proof of ownership is having it downloaded. It's the Queer and Pleasant Strangers VFP. That podcast is very fungible. Funge me, daddy. Funge me harder. (laughs) Are you sure you want to send that message? There's some very harsh language in there. Most people don't usually use language like that to respond and interact with others. Oh, I'm I'm absolutely sure. Are you, though? Yeah, I'm sure social media platform, I'm sure. Yeah, but what if you were nicer to them? Nah, they don't deserve it. Everyone deserves kindness and respect. We are a platform of kindness and respect. Hey, social media platform, he's a fascist preaching, racist, ableist, transphobic. Hey, he definitely deserves it. Oh, absolutely. Fuck this guy. I am so in. Let's take him down. Fascist feet of shit. Ah, suck it. Oh, I have to respond to myself now. Just one moment.
Second centenary questions. I'm some for questions of the second centenary. What's the questions of the, of the second, second centenary? Phoenix Hill asks. Oh, Phoenix, What else would you like two hundred of? What else would I like two hundred of? Um, cuddles. Okay. Yeah. Uh, kisses. One, 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 one. And. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if that was 200 yet, but I don't know. In in hindsight, 200 maybe too many uh, whelms. Too many whelms. <laughs> too many whelms. Turns out I don't know what I want 200 of. I say I want 200 of something. Maybe just 200 bit more spread out. Uh, I would like 200 trillion pounds so I can completely destroy the global economy. Ah, 200 trillion pounds? Yes. Aha, a trillion pound is a thing yeah. you can have 200 of, yeah. I suppose. 200 wishes. I would, I would, uh, I would basically make sure that all of the trans people who wanted whatever surgery or assistance in any way, that was all paid for. I would house everybody. You're, you're just going to be the person that people like come to and they're like, hello, I need to. Like, they won't yeah. need to. It will already be done. I'll have built houses. There will be houses for people to live in. There will be yeah. clean water and sustainable food and people will not need to want and I will probably be assassinated by other billionaires. But it'll have been worth it because I'll have destroyed the global well, see, economy. See, this is why I, I want 200 wishes because worst first wish, I'm invincible. Second uh, wish, no billionaires. Uh, Third wish, fix everything. Ah, uh, you thought about this better than I did. <laughs> I was going to break them at their own game, but you just... just... I, I've got like 187 wishes left. I'm good. You do? Yeah. Just, if anyone's like, oh, God, can I... don't be a Bezos, can I have a wish? Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Uh... I'll wish for more wishes. I didn't ask for wishes that have the no wishes proviso. Uh... <laughs> Sammy West asks... Do you need a bra that knows how to teleport? Yeah. A bra. <laughs> <laughs> that is a joke, no matter what James Stephanie Sterling says. Yeah, suck it, James Stephanie Sterling. That's a joke. It has a setup and a punchline. You Larry Yelling in me. Asks, have you seen this baby? She's not lost or anything, we just think she's cute. There's a small fluffy dog. I mean, I'm scared of dogs, but... Oh. I'm also scared of dogs, but that is fluffy and far away. It's fluffy and cute and far away and only a picture, so it's okay. Uh, Matt, editor and captioner, <gasps> asks... Uh, I guess this is a question to you. Uh, what's it like being awesome? I mean, I think it's a question for you. I'm pretty sure it's a question for you. Well, let's, awesome. let's assume it's a question for us. Oh. You know, if we must. Um, life is good and I'm very happy. The bits of life I have control over are good. <laughs> I um, wish it was better for everyone in, in every way. Indeed. Not billionaires, fuck them. Yeah. But, uh, I, 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 speaking for myself, I'm now like seven plus years deep into getting to talk about things that I like and have opinions about as a job. And that can be stressful sometimes, it can be hard work sometimes, but... I am genuinely really honoured that this is still a thing I get to do. I assumed within a year it would peter out and I'd be back to customer service, and I feel very lucky that I get to do this. I am very far behind you, but what? But definitely behind you. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I am working towards being more that. I mean, 
You're Patreon to come slash Stone Monkey Radio. I mean, if in nothing else, you you you're doing your first published book. Yeah, my first published book. You're, you're definitely on on the ladder. Yeah. You're making music. You you're making things. I make music. I have yeah. outlined potentially a second book this yeah. week. Yeah, I'm very excited. I haven't slept much, but I have done that. <laughs> Welcome to the world of making things. I couldn't sleep so I made And occasionally having a neurotransmitter. What? Oh, neurotransmitters. What? They're pretty good. What? I'm a fan. Mm. Um, F is for, and then like um, an emoji of somebody with a mask on, hashtag BLM. Damn right. Yeah. Uh, No way, congratulations on 200 episodes. My questions are, number one. What is the best way to spend £10? I would argue that £10, if that is in totality what you're spending, Mm -hmm. it's the perfect amount of money to spend on just, like, needless, fun junk food for just, like, a nice day in. Because it's not enough to buy anything big and substantial and life-changing, but it's big enough that you can get a good solid afternoon, a good dopamine out of it. Hmm. Hmm. Can you get any of the Xbox Game Passes for a tenner? Yeah, you, oh yeah, you can get a month of uh, of single platform, so either PC or Xbox, for I think like seven pound. I only have one of those two platforms, so I yeah. would be happy to, you know, yeah, spend a month playing Deep Rock Galactic and potentially lots of other games. Yeah, um, something like that. Uh, mm, uh, like a uh, a small uh, like a uh, live music night. Like a Ooh. rock music night. Yeah. Like, little local venue music night mm-hmm. is a nice way to spend like a dinner. A couple of drinks. Yeah. And door or whatever to just go and listen to some, like, good rock music in a slightly grimy so little if, bar. If the weather were nicer, I'd suggest, like, get a bottle of Pims and some lemonade and just walk up a hill in the sun. You can't get a bottle of Pims for under a tenner. I'd knock off, knock off own brand Pims. Maybe if it's on sale, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, walk it walk up a big hill and, and, and yeah. drink pims out of the bowl. Buy buy with some lemonade. Buy some alcohol you can dilute with some fizzy and walk up a big hill and just lie in the sun having a drink. But one of the happy alcohols, not the ones that make you sad. Oh not the sad ones, no. Yeah. A happy sun one. No gin. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> um yeah, there's 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 a few suggestions. Um a cake and give the rest to a homeless person. Yeah. Or just give it and give the tenner to a homeless person. Yeah. yeah. Or a tenner's worth of cake for me. <laughs> Which yes. feels mean, but I like cake. <laughs> cake is good. <laughs> oh, those those um cupcakes oh. that I was sent for my anniversary. Oh those were good cupcakes. Oh, that was like two days of very good cupcakes. We got a dozen cupcakes and they were gone in seventeen hours. Uh, they were they were excessive cupcakes. They were very so good. good. We spent an afternoon just playing Skyward Sword and eating decadent cupcakes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, second question. Worst TV show you've ever seen? Worst TV show I've ever seen. Difficult question because if they're that bad, generally I'll stop watching. Yeah, and I probably would have just given up on it. Yeah. Um, I mean... If if an individual episode counts, uh, Russell Brand's good news. Oh, God. the episode of that yeah. that made me stop paying for my TV license and never watch TV again. Um, worst show I've ever seen. Not even uh, just because of what it represents at this point. 
maybe South Park in that Ooh. it's it is a show that has over the years more and more devolved into just hating anyone who gives a shit about anything. Yeah. Like it is a TV show that like has a very mid 90s um like Gen X uh, nihilism to it mm-hmm. that kept going for decades and never got rid of the sentiment that Caring about things fucking sucks and you're a loser if you care. Yeah, and you can make like, all the jokes about J.K. Rowling being a turf. Oh, like, no, that was Family Guy. That was Family Guy. Yeah. Apologies, well, I'm not even going to give stuff up that reference. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's. Same same shit. I will put Family yeah. Guy in this bracket. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they. D- I will say it was. I don't. I'm not going to give Family Guy credit for making J.K. Rowling as a turf jokes. No, it's but they've, I, they've they've gone yeah. way too far to get any credit yeah, for anything. They don't get right. credit for that, having not apologized for any of the transphobia they did nope. in the past. But I think it's fascinating the fact that that it symbolizes that J.K. Rowling is a turf and that's a bad thing has reached the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, and the fact that like lowest common denominator animated sitcoms like Family Guy are using that as a punchline is interesting, and I feel like it's a good sign, but god, what's... what's How badly do you have to fuck up your legacy that you're now a punchline in a non-sequitur on Family Guy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, In terms of shows like I watched every episode of Maybe the answer's lost. It was a great show that I felt really fumbled its ending, and I don't think it's a bad show. I think it's a show that really fucking did not know where it was going and stumbled at the last hurdle. There's probably shows that I watched as a kid that I've long since forgotten about that were horribly problematic. But I I grew up in the 80s. I've recently tried to watch some stuff from the 80s and uh, gosh, there was so much xenophobia against the French just on television casually. I I grew up a lot with um, 80s British comedy being rerun on on UK TV Gold. Yeah, and 70s Um, stuff. Yeah. Uh, There you go, that's an answer Mm. to that. That's a rambling Mm -hmm. answer. Uh, Question three. Uh, What would your pitch be for a Queer and Pleasant Strangers movie? Um, I think we would cast a lot of the recurring characters from skits. We'd get some actors to play them. Yeah, but we'd voice them. (laughs) Yeah, we'd voice them. We'd ADR, we'd we'd dub them in in post. And I think that we'd have to find some kind of plot that wrapped in all of the various characters. So I'm like... Yeah. So, like, here's the first thought I have. Um, Brochal Justice Warriors Barry and Larry join a protest happening outside the stu- the offices of Supremacy Software. Right. Like, I, I feel like there's some some cross, cross-pollination we could do. I, f- I feel like it would be... Uh, it starts with, like, the camera by the door. We are recording an yeah. episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. We do the opening. Yeah. It goes into the theme music with, like, the, ca- the camera sort of panning back. Yeah. And like doing like flashes of of the world at large, and doing like little uh, like panning past characters that you will know, and you'll know them because there'll be like a, a brief hint of a line of yeah. something, um, like the stoners, like sap the the sto- yeah. the stoner conspiracy squirrels, um, sitting like behind a tree log, getting high as fuck, yeah. um, and like the sherry ladies and and all sorts of other things, and then it would sort of become an almost Python esque. Like, 
these things somehow just mash together, and sometimes it's, it's done really jarringly. It, I, the thing I'm thinking of is there's an episode of The Simpsons, and I forget what it's called. I think it's called like something like twenty, uh, like uh, seventeen stories in Springfield or something. Twenty short stories about yeah. Springfield. Or something. Um, and it's like a bunch of in, uh, like seemingly separate short hmm. skits going on yeah. that ultimately end up being one thing. Yeah, and I think the transitions are literally just like somebody from the next skit walks past well, I mean, the previous I, I think thing s- or past a window. I think it starts being that, but they end up being more interwoven by the end. Oh, I think by the end it all comes together into one thing. Exactly. Like... It's ultimately one story, but it starts as a lot of just... Yeah, the sherry ladies walked past uh, Barry and Larry, and we sort of end one conversation and the next one's beginning. Yeah, and like at some point, there's like a like a zoom down a telephone line, and it's like, yeah. uh, "Hello, Supremacy Software," it's... and then it like pans out from like the the person at the door to like open into the boardroom. Someone's bringing coffee in or something, and there's like. Yeah. Those two characters, uh, I can't remember. Is uh, oh no, their names are in that first chapter of the book, which you can go and read over at unbound.com slash book slash whale. Which is funded, but you you can help us by pre-ordering copies yeah. of that book if you want to be awesome. Yeah, you should. You, there's a swag bundle and it's very good. <laughs> so on that swag bundle. Just signed books. Yeah. 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 So yeah, like, you're part of the book. What do you want? I want one of the swag bags, please. <laughs> do you know what I'm paying? I want one of the swag bags. I would bags. like a swag, please. Maybe an extra t-shirt. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of amazing. There you go, there's our movie. We'll pay, like, Hans Zimmer or someone to do, like, a really over-the-top orchestration of the Queer and Pleasant String, just theme tune and all of the interstitials. Exactly! <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that... I don't... What happens in episode one million of Queer and Pleasant Strangers? Um, we beam it directly into your brain. I was gonna say our skeletons quietly ruminate. <laughs> our skeletons, our dusty remains, our are dust- now part of whoever is listening to the episode. We have become one with the universe once again, exactly. as the universe has Look, become one with us. Episode one million of Queer and Pleasant Strangers will be the heat death of the universe. That event is now episode one million. That's that is a hell of a final skip. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and no one left to applaud. <laughs> uh, and one thing you love about the other that you've never told them. Ooh. Oh, that's quite a question. We tell each other we love each other a lot. Um... <laughs> I am pulling silly faces. You're pulling silly faces, and I've had some prosecco. <laughs> Spicy. Um. I genuinely can't think of something I haven't told you. Because all the things that are coming to mind are like the enthusiasm and like info dumping at me and and having got more comfortable comfortable about that. Um, how about this? Maybe this. Um, I have never felt so physically comfortable as an autistic person holding hands with someone as I do you. We hold hands a lot. I know that I sometimes still am like, ah, too much touch sensory, but never about hand-holding with you, because Uh... there's something about your hand that just feels like home, and I don't know if I tell you that enough, that it's a very special experience to hand-hold you. You are a very special experience. (laughs) I 
haven't hid in a cupboard or under a blanket in the entire time that we've been living together. Yay. You're allowed to if you'd like I've to. snugged under blankets. Yeah. I've been warm under blankets. I haven't been like, I need to go and just lie in the, in the bottom of a cupboard with a blanket over my head. Aww. Yeah. Mm. I... Oh, one other thing. <laughs> if either of us is distressed about a thing, we just talk about it. We have oh. never shouted at each other. I, I think we've I think we've talked about this, but I love that so much about you. Yeah. Like we're just gonna talk about it. We might both be crying, but no one's yeah. shouting. No one is angry at each other. It is always just Here. Yeah, I'm sad and overwhelmed. I'm, I'm also sad and overwhelmed. I need yeah. to explain how I feel. I am listening to how you feel. Yeah. Cool. Sorted. Okay. Yeah. Better now. Yeah. We've we've never we've we've never once had an angry at each other. Mm. And that's not to say it'll never happen, but I feel really good about that not being a thing that's likely, because... As someone who is massively triggered by shouting. Same! <laughs> same! As someone who has a lot of trauma around that, I would never want to inflict that on someone else, and mm-hmm. I'm glad that that is us. Yeah, and that is all the questions! <gasps> well then, time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Larry. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, um, you know, much as usual. Got much, a weird yeah. cough recently. Oh, no. I really hope it's, it's nothing... Uh... I don't I don't think it's the plague, DM. Yeah. I mean, might have some kind of dust allergy, so I'm going to have to have a very serious hoover. Oh, yeah, it's got to happen occasionally. Yeah, you know, you've got to pull everything out and get around to it. Yeah, you, yeah. Uh, you been up to much? Uh, anything on your mind? Well, I've been a bit tired out because of capitalism and, you know, yeah, working yeah, yeah. working nonsense work that, you know, gives you a lot of time for thinking. Yeah. I, was, I was thinking about how many jobs in ca- under capitalism just don't need to exist. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, you know, there's there's a lot of jobs... I, uh, there's a lot of jobs that under other so- socio-economic systems would still exist, you know. Um, coming and collecting the trash, um, yeah. you know, uh, uh, food Sewage. food production, yeah. uh, you know, uh, repairs for home home issues. You know, there's a lot of jobs that functionally need to be done in a society, yeah. but a lot of the jobs that exist under capitalism exist because of money and because of trying to save or not lose money. Or make but, money out of people's, you know, bad experiences. Exactly, exactly. You know, the one, the one I was thinking about before is, uh, you know, there's a bunch of uh, examples like this. Letting agents. Yeah. It's like, you know, landlords don't need to exist in the first place either, yeah. but we'll put them aside for a second. Even even if you're someone who, you know, thinks that landlords are a, a thing. You're wrong. Uh, yeah, you're wrong, but like, letting agents uh, for rentals are basically a person in the middle that's entire job is to say make no. Make money off your landlord and. Yeah. Makes money off you, makes money off your landlord, yeah. and basically exists to be a person in the middle, slowing down you getting any home repairs done. Well, for the most yeah. part, it seems to be the case. You know, yeah. very rarely that you'll find a letting agent that will actually yeah. jump on dealing with something. I mean, short of an actual flood, they might yeah. deal with that because obviously, oh no, property damage. Well, like, their entire job exists to be. Um, you know, be a person in the middle that delays getting your rep- home repairs done. Pretty much, yeah. Um, to collect money from you that is, you know, being being re- requested, and to try and cut corners wherever possible, which probably means not being very reachable when needed, and paying substandard contractors because that's the cheapest thing to do. They are a person in the middle who does not need to exist. 
Yeah, who absolutely. Probably, yeah. probably even has some kind of, you know, uh, potential fine for for tenants should yeah. they call at the wrong time with the wrong kind of emergency. Exactly. But like, you also look at like, um, you know, insurance is a big uh, industry where a lot of it is like, yeah. it's we are trying to avoid giving you money to fix a thing going wrong for you. I mean, they'll say that's not the case. No, but, but that is what they, you know, what's essentially going on is that. Yeah, but for example, you have a problem with your yeah. car. Your car is, is stolen. Yeah. For example, if we didn't live in a capitalist society, there is probably less chance yeah. that your car was stolen. Well, exactly. But, but like, you know, just the yeah. fact that you might, you know, everyone will get together and and try and help repair a thing, or there, you know, there will be someone who is yeah into and, tinkering. Well, exactly. Like if the job that needs doing is someone needs to repair my car because my car is broken, you don't need a person in the middle whose job is to go, yeah, but did you fulfil arbitrary criteria so that someone's allowed to come repair your car? We're gonna fight fight you on it. Like there's so many jobs that exist purely to be. We have money. We don't want to give it back. Like, yeah, you uh, so- paid us money for a service. We. We'll try and find any way possible to avoid. Yeah, lots of jobs in the banking sector. Oh, yeah. Um, jo- you know, obviously jobs in like, stock trading. So Banking many- as a whole, just like the Bank- concept of like, we hold on to money and we will m- maybe give you the ability to pay for medical bills or pay for a, a house thing or, or, or have a vehicle to travel around that's entirely necessary for your life. Yeah, and like, there are so many jobs that like this are just entirely manufactured. Yeah. They are manufactured to have people doing something. Yeah, there was there was a big thread a few years ago about the whole um the there there are you you can't get a job in this field and yet there there are tons of jobs all the time, but there never seems to be no one seems willing to pay for a lot of the things that are very often fundamentally necessary. Yeah. When I was a kid it was quite often that you would have the the street would be swept like yeah. weekly, and that the drains would be done regularly. Yeah, and more often than not, you find that there isn't really anyone doing that. They might have yeah. like a, a sweepy thing that comes around, but that seems to be less and less and less these days because they're not willing to pay for that to happen. Exactly, and like, I know some people who would absolutely love to sit on a little sweepy thing. Oh hell yeah! And drive that around. If I could just drive a little sweepy thing around all day, I'd be happy as anything. I know people who would absolutely love to sit up in a crane for a long period oh, of time yeah. and and do crane stuff. People who fucking yeah. love tractors. People who absolutely love trains. Well, that's the thing. Is like these people, things would yeah. get done. Here's the thing. Like so, so often when you talk about people not wanting to work, it's the only jobs available to them are jobs that exist purely because of capitalism and aren't actually generating anything of value. Or then just not respected because... Yeah. I don't know. Somehow capitalism managed to just set the working class against each other and just say, that person who brought you food that you wanted, you had a hankering for, you had a craving for, you were thinking about it all day, you were like, I really want that thing. And you went to that place and then you treated that person like shit. Yeah. Because they took more than a minute to bring you a fucking cheeseburger. Exactly, exactly. Whereas it's like, you know, if we had a society that properly was like, you can afford to take time to learn a practical skill, and it's not going to make you money straight away, but you are learning a thing that is practically needed in society, and or we properly respected and compensated, you know, people who do the jobs that people don't want to do but need to be done, you know... 
you could do away with a lot of the jobs that exist purely to generate finance for the upper percent. Yeah, and and people would be doing probably feel a great deal more uh, satisfaction in their lives yeah. for doing th- rather than just going. Oh, I'm a mineral manager. I hate my job. You know, um, or I act as one of well, these. Like- person of a person of a person who like call centre workers Yeah, they're basically there to put one person in touch with another now that could be an amazingly satisfying job but ultimately they are treated like crap by a lot of people yeah well like there, there have been studies into the fact that like you know people are happier in jobs where they feel like the work they are doing is having a tangible productive output Yeah, and so many jobs are be here and don't really be doing anything of substance that it, you know, it's no surprise that mental health's been on the crash. Yeah, you know, and even if a bunch of people did that job two days a week. Yeah. And that was all circulated around and, you know, everyone took a go at it. It's not the most fun, but it's it's yeah. necessary because at that point it would be necessary. Yeah. Well, that... Because having someone to go, help, can you find me a plumber? And they go... Yeah. Yeah, we, we ring up plumbers. Well, like, you'd have a lot more ability for someone to be like, I'd like to learn plumbing. Okay, just go start learning from someone while they're working. Go apprentice. Yeah, you can afford to do that because we're not doing capitalism. Yeah, but you'll like, still have somewhere yeah. to live. You'll, you know, you'll be fed, you'll be clothed, you'll, you'll, have, you'll have a roof over your head. Yeah. You won't want for things. Without the threat of capitalism, you've got a lot more room to go, I want to learn to do this thing that's going to be fulfilling. With yeah, life. there was there was a whole thing a few years back where they took a bunch of people who suffered. The, they were very very low income people. They suffered hugely with depression, and yeah. and a lot of that was circumstantial. And they got them working on a community uh, farming project. Yeah, and they were so much happier for having like a thing that was not only like a way of feeding themselves. That they were working together with this group, that they were, you know, working a plot of land and growing food. And at the end of it, like anything they weren't using was going back to people like them who needed food to, to, to survive. And just yeah. like the amount of, like a lot of them, a lot of their dep- depression symptoms were immediately lifted by not being under capitalism in that way. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. oh yeah, definitely, mate. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, 200 hugs. And all the ones they don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, something special, this, mate. It is just. Oh, you are. You you are something special. You are my best friend, mate. Oh, you're my best friend. Right, I am going to pop the kettle. Oh, I'm going to pick your phone up and then go have a sit down on the sofa. Nice, nice. So... We did a book, and you've got another book. Oh yeah, we do. Uh, we we that's two things at once. Um, Sorry. Who hunts the whale? That's a book we talked about it a second ago. Is is about the video game industry, and it is satirical and funny and sweet and anti-capitalist. Mm-hmm. And you can go find it on Unbound. Go search Who Hunts the Whale. Go yeah. do it as support. And I got a book that's just been announced as coming out on August eighteenth. It's called Me and My Dysphoria Monster. It's uh, beautiful. It is a is an animated children's. Uh, it's an illustrated children's. <laughs> I got the right word eventually. It's an illustrated children's book about dysphoria and trying to explain dysphoria and that element of trans stuff in child friendly language that can be language for a child who is struggling to describe how they're feeling, 
or as a tool for explaining the trans experience to young relatives, for example. Mm -hmm. Like, it is a child-language-friendly approach of, you know, not not too reductionist, of talking about dysphoria, and I'm very proud of it, and it comes out on August 18th, and you should go look at the the page for it, because it's got the cover in it. It's really beautiful. I'm so happy with that art. You wrote a beautiful story, don't get me wrong. I've read the book, uh, but that art is incredible. I'm happy with the story. I'm in love with the art. It's beautiful. Um, So yeah, other than that, Laura K. Buzz everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. TikTok, um, go check out all my varying coverage of Pokemon Legends Arceus. I'm streaming that Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific at the moment. What about you? What do you do? Memes? Yeah. Um, I... Um, uh, streamerlinks.com slash J-E-X-J-A-N-E-I-A-C because I couldn't get the unified branding you did, so I've got a thing that links to all the other things, I think. I might need to add my Ko-Fi, but um, mm. I've got one of those as well. Uh, but the most important one is patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. You can help me justify 76-hour work week, which involves lots of editing of things and trying to make things and make things better. And improving and making 200 episodes of this show. Gosh, um, yes. And I am still slowly creeping towards that 25 Patreons. Uh, you can join me as little as a dollar a month is, is really all it takes. Because this is very often the small people, it, small it, regular donations, yeah. makes all the difference. It really makes a difference. So if you have an extra dollar, I would super appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, I will give a dollar a home. <laughs> <laughs> I will tuck it in and everything. Um, I think that's everything. I think that's, that's all the most important things. I'm on Twitch. I stream. I make t-shirts. I make music. All of those links at streamer links. Laura, <gasps> do you sing us out for the 200th time? Until next time, be a stranger. Hey, social media platform, he's a fascist, preaching, racist, ableist, transphobic, hey, he definitely deserved it. Oh, absolutely, fuck this guy, I am so in, let's take him down! Mm, fascist piece of shit! Ah, suck it! Oh, I have to respond to myself now, just one moment. Now I delete that from my tweet search. You don't want to search for that? I don't want to search <laughs> might find another gay. <laughs> <laughs>
I kind of want this to <laughs> make it into the end of the episode. I, if anyone's hearing this, I genuinely didn't know this before we did the skit. Great. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we've we've had a couple of others, but they've never been like a name I recognised. Yeah. Oh, I th- no, we didn't get a Ray Shadow Shadow Legends. I think we did get some other game thing, and I was like, no, no. 